Hey everybody, what's up? It's Josh Knox with the I Speak Fizbo podcast and I, I wanted to talk to you today about earnest money. Uh, there's usually a lot of questions around earnest money and so I just wanted to talk about it briefly uh, in this episode. So let's get started after uh, the brief intro. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Josh Knox and welcome to the I Speak Fizbo podcast. I have a big question for you. How are homeowners like us supposed to compete against old real estate traditions to buy and sell our own homes without having to pay ridiculously high commissions? How can we get our needs met without having to be under the thumb of an outdated system? That is the question, and on this podcast, we'll give you the answers. Hey everybody, so again, like I said in the intro, I wanted to talk about earnest money and um, I wanted to talk about it specifically because it's one of those things where uh, people are often will ask questions on, well, how much earnest money should I put down or how much earnest money should I expect, you know, from the, uh, from the question, uh, from the buyer's perspective, it's, you know, how much money, earnest money should I put down? And then for, of course, from the seller's perspective, how much should I expect to see? And the question is, is it really depends. Um, the, the market is, you know, different all over the United States. So it really comes down to your particular market and what is uh, standard in that market. And, and so when it comes to the amount of earnest money that needs to, to be put down, um, it, it's, it's usually, um, it's usually one to 2% of the purchase price. And earnest money is is basically the deposit from the buyer, right? And it is indicating to the seller how serious the buyer is in terms of pursuing the property. I have been involved in transactions as a former licensed agent where, you know, a buyer only wanted to put down $500. And I've seen uh, buyers also put down, you know, $10,000 plus dollars. Um, not tied to the purchase price, but to show their seriousness in how they want to uh, pursue that contract and hopefully get it accepted by the seller. So um, it really it really does depend um, on the individual situation, but typically it is a one to two percent of the purchase price amount, right? So if it's you know if it's a two hundred thousand dollar purchase, it's two thousand dollars at at um, at one percent. So. Uh, you can do the simple math there on your own when you're considering um, what type of earnest money you should be accepting as a seller. Now, where does the earnest money go? That's often the next question. The earnest money should be going into a non-interest bearing trust account. So if you're a for sale by owner, then you want to uh, have that earnest money deposited uh, potentially with a title company or a real estate attorney who has a non-interest bearing trust account set up for that very purpose. If you are a um, if you are dealing with a buyer who has a buyer's agent representing them, then oftentimes that buyer's agent's real estate brokerage will have um, a non-interest bearing trust account to deposit that earnest money into. What you want to do as a home seller is actually never deposit it into your own bank account. You don't want to um, mingle those funds uh, from a potential buyer with your own personal money in any way, shape, or form. It just opens up a whole can of worms that you don't want to be involved in. So, 
if you're in a situation where you know you you're not sure where you should put it just put it um, in a non-interest bearing trust account that you uh, aren't the owner of um, that's how it should ultimately work it should be a, a third party that's neutral to the transaction um, and if you if you put it with a, a title company or a trust company or a real estate is real estate attorney or uh, potentially an escrow company again depending upon the area of the country that you're in uh, then you're going to set yourself up for success. Um, now, earnest money, how, how is it secured? Well, it's secured by the contract, right? Once it's deposited, once you as the seller accept, fully accept the contract, um, then it is up to the buyers to get you that earnest money according to the dates on the contract. And again, every contract's a little bit different, but standard dates and times are um, usually four to five days with an acceptance of that contract. And that's when that earnest money needs to be deposited. Now, um, again, according to the language on a contract, if the earnest money is not deposited uh, in in the time frame that the contract dictates, uh, then the contract can actually be considered uh, null and void. It can be canceled on the seller's part if the buyer does not uh, meet that first, really that first piece of the contract, which is to get that earnest money deposited. So. You know, if you everybody should be working towards getting the contract completed as best as they can. If the buyer and the seller have come to an agreement um, and they want to keep moving forward, then everybody should be doing their part. And uh, just know that, though, that there there are dates on that contract that state when that buyer should have that earnest money deposit um, turned in and have a receipt for it. And when they do, uh, when the buyer does turn that earnest money in, whether it's to you. Um, so that you can turn it over to a title company or to their own agent who will turn it over to their their likely their brokerage um, Then you want to get a receipt for that now if the buyer decides to turn it over to you. It's probably best that they just Instead of giving you a check that you then have to manage and go, and go turn in and get a receipt for it's probably best to just have them uh, write it out to the title company that you're both going to close out and again every state in the nation is a little bit different. Some states allow a a buyer and a seller to close at separate title companies, and some states uh, would would prefer that both parties close at the same title company. So, whatever you decide on title uh, is is where you're going to want to have that money deposited. Now, when can earnest money actually be refunded to the buyer, given back to them? Uh, and that's t- that also has to do with the contract. So. If you're reading over your contract dates and, and let's say the buyers deposited their earnest money and they've gone through their inspection period, but they find something that just makes them a little uneasy about the purchase or the two of the two parties, you as the seller um, and the buyer can't come to an agreement again um, to get something fixed and it just doesn't work and the buyer cancels the contract because of that within the time frame of that due diligence period, then that earnest money would be refunded to them. And then you just start the process over for, for finding a new buyer. The same goes for the financing and appraisal um, timeframe. And if, if for some reason the buyer can't get funding and, and they're able to can- cancel the contract within those timeframes, then their earnest money would be uh, refunded to them as well. And then you just, again, start the process over. That's why it's always best. I guess that's not... W- that's not why always best, but that's why it's often best to continue to work through um, whatever challenge may come up in the transaction, whether it be a due diligence challenge through the inspection or 
uh, something that the buyer saw on the seller disclosures or you know something that came up during the financing and or appraisal um, time frame it's always best to, to do what you can to work through that with the potential buyer because it will ultimately save you time in the long run now I'm not telling you to take it in the shorts if something really comes up and you believe that you, you know, it's just not necessary to have something replaced. I've, I've seen those situations where a buyer got to be in their bonnet for something that they, they thought was a bigger deal than it really was. And they just weren't experienced enough. And their, their agent wasn't experienced enough, honestly, to, to understand the situation. Um, and they, and they just feel like, well, if we can't get it resolved, uh, you know, then we're going to walk away from the transaction and it happens. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you it doesn't happen, but it does happen. And so you just have to be aware of that. And, and if you're aware of that, then typically what I've been able to see probably better than 90% of the time is both parties still be able to work it out because as a seller, once you're down that road and even as a buyer, right, once you're down that road, you don't want to have to start the process all over again. If it's just, you know, a few dollars here or there uh, that can probably be negotiated. And I've always found that it's just best to have that conversation. Don't do not do it through paperwork. A lot of that's lost in translation. I mean, the language can often be, often be written very clear, but sometimes the intent of the language is, is lost in translation. And so having a, you know, just a conversation with somebody like, what are you really hoping for here? Okay, now I understand what you're hoping for. Let me discuss it with you know, the parties on my end or think about it if I'm a sole seller or what have you. Um, and, and I'll get back to you. And I, you know, I really want to make sure we get this worked out and that, you know, I would love for you to have the phone and, and you just have those conversations and you'll, you'll find that you can get things worked out. It's, it's not as difficult as it might seem. So anyways, back to the earnest money, we took a little side note there that that's how earnest money would be refunded to you in the long run is if you, or refunded to the buyer, I should say. Sorry, I misspoke there. But that's how it would be refunded to the buyer is is if they cancel the contract within the contract terms and dates and timelines. So um, just be aware of that. So again, just a quick recap. Uh, earnest money is generally a 1% to 2% of the, of the purchase price amount. Uh, it is only uh, taken after a contract is fully executed, which means everything's been signed. Both parties now have all copies and everything of everything that's been signed, all parts of the contract, including addendums and so forth. Um, and then uh, the earnest money can be refunded to the buyer if they cancel the contract within their uh, within their dates and times in the contract. So uh, that's that's basically it about earnest money. Um, you don't need to go into too much more detail or know too much more about earnest money or how it's handled. Oftentimes. It's very easy to understand it just from the contract, um, the language, and it's usually handled at the very uh, first part of a contract. Uh, in many states, it's actually the first um, paragraph so that the, the seller can read through and go, okay, this buyer is offering us to purchase the property. This is their names. This is the date and time, and this is the earnest money they're willing to give us. And then uh, oftentimes a little bit further down the contract is the actual purchase price that they're offering you. So. Just be aware of that. Um, I hope you find that helpful. And again, as always, I hope to see you on the next podcast.